this is a revelation, right? And and to be to be a bit to be this sheery right out the gate. I don't I don't make anyone uncomfortable, you know. I don't want to make you uncomfortable. I don't want to make any of our <laughs> listeners uncomfortable. Subverting some expectations here. What's yeah. happening? Well, I, okay. I, I had the, I had my opening line going over in my head there, and I thought that's a bit sheery, Mark. Is that a little bit? Uh... I. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish I'd thought of a different opening line because this is fucking ridiculous. But I feel as though I'm carrying the fucking loneliness of my fucking species on my shoulders with how lonely I feel on Earth. Oh, my. Yeah. Okay. And if that feels like a lot, then I, I actually, I mean it. I mean it. Um. I mean, it, it feels on brand for you, so go on. Yeah, I guess. I suppose it does. I mean... You know, just by looking at my my social feeds, you know from the conversations that we've had, whenever there is the tiniest little morsel of news from NASA, right? Whenever yeah. there's something fucking newsworthy about the night sky, when there's something, when something lands that has people scratching their heads in any way about 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 the great kind of void out there, I'm on it like a fucking tramp on chips, right? I absolutely love it. <laughs> oh, you've not heard that one, have you? Okay. I haven't, but I figured contextually I was able to figure that one out without asking. <laughs> well done. Cultural exchange, cultural exchange. Um, cultural exchange. And that, I think that's my overwhelming first sensation when, you know, you, you, you find yourself somewhere where there's no man-made lights at night and you're able to look up and the sky is clear and you can discern galaxies and you can discern, you know, uh, star patterns or whatever. I just feel this fucking awe mixed with... Just the terror of the loneliness out there. Yeah. Uh, and have you heard of the Fermi paradox? I've definitely heard of it, vaguely familiar with it, but I haven't invested any time into into learning much about it. So tell me more. What's coming up, right, is some classic Mark Lewis, Jack of all graves, fucking non-scientific explanations of concepts, right? Oof. Love those. What you're going to get those. here. Sorry, boffins. Here we go. So, I apologize in advance to any boffins who may weep as they're hearing this, right? <laughs> but this is my interpretation of the Fermi paradox. Um, uh, so space is f- fucking colossal, right? Sure. Um, yeah. Some back of cigarette packet kind of online stats I read earlier on equate... Uh, Every single star that you can see in in our observable, you know, in the night sky, every single star that you can see is equivalent to the same number of galaxies that there are outside of the Milky Way. Shit, dude. Yep. So the number of single stars in our observable galaxy, for every one, there is an equivalent number of galaxies outside the Milky Way, right? Mm -hmm. So here comes the Fermi Paradox. If space is so fucking huge, and if it's so fucking crowded, which it is, billions upon billions upon Mm -hmm. billions of stars, and if Earth is, you know, but one of a mathematically probable billions of planets in that lovely little zone where you're that nice and far from a star and you've got water and things like that, where the fuck is everyone, man? Where's all the fucking, where's all the other life? Right. Wait, wait, you know? Because, I mean, again, apologies for mangling the science, but Earth is by no means, uh, a, uh, on, on, a, on a cosmic scale, Earth is by no means a particularly old planet, right? Uh, mm. If you take that, that you know, the billions of, of 
Earth-like planets, which mathematically would suggest are out there, and filter those to those, you know, which are of, of the same size, uh, uh, same comparative kind of atmospheres as Earth. Many, many, many of those are way, way older than Earth. Right. Suggesting, if you if you if you follow that kind of that maths, that if they did have life, it would be life which is far older than ours, far more advanced than ours, would have had far more opportunities to develop than ours. So where the fuck is everyone mm-hmm. at? <laughs> so in terms of like some form of intelligent life form that could have traveled yeah. here, and where are they? Which I, you know, I've drunkenly had this conversation with with people before, especially in my doctorate, because uh, mm. I had a couple guys in my doctorate who were like very like there's which one of the things that I always hate is when people's way of looking at this is uh, it would be like, people are always like, oh, like how special do we think we are yeah, to yeah, be yeah, the yeah, only yeah. thing in the universe? Which I feel like is a very creationist way of looking at it. Like it, uh-huh. like being here is something special. Completely agree. I'm like, no, that's not, that's not the case. But I always think to myself like, okay, so let's say somewhere out there, there are these advanced beings or whatever mm. maybe something exactly like us for that matter maybe somehow somewhere something evolved that is basically humans on mm-hmm. another planet i don't know whatever it may be i feel like culture mm. <laughs> plays into this mm. and that we take for granted that if there were another species like us they would want to do the exact same things we do. Yes. That they would then want to, like, oh, yes. if there's another species, they're going to want to, like, colonize another place. They're going to want to explore another place. They're yep. going to, like, maybe they're just, like, this place is chill. We love it here. Let's yes. take care of yes. it. We love it. Completely, right? completely, completely. And that's, you know, plenty of people have, have taken the Fermi paradox. You know, hang on. If there's loads of planets and they're all of a similar kind of heat and size and there's millions of them, yeah. why the fuck? That the 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 outcome that you've just talked about there maybe there are loads of other you know other other alien races cultures civilizations they just can't be fucked man just leave them even be but right. that's just one of loads <laughs> of theories about why it might be the case well i'm glad that... i'm not alone in that because i feel like every time i've ever said that people have been like nah <laughs> why wouldn't explore. you yeah but you're right and and <laughs> i'm going to i'm going to call back to this very discussion a little bit later on because this segues beautifully okay. into a topic which i think we're going to pick up on later on because okay, you see one of those one of those explanations for it being so goddamn quiet out there is that we are the only ones right yeah and sure. that it is so super rare for you know multicellular life to evolve and to leave the fucking soup and to you know grow culture as you fucking put it Though we are the only yeah. one out there. Another, and this is the, the, the masochist in me loves the theory of the great filter, right? Not just because it sounds like a fucking killer Nine Inch Nails album. Um, <laughs> the great filter is, is, is the answer to the Fermi paradox, which states that every, uh, every civilization that, that, that makes it out of kind of proto-life hits a fucking impenetrable filter which hinders their advancement to a, to being a true space-faring race, right? Okay. Uh, and, and you know, it can it, it, the the forms that the great filter might take are limited only to your imagination, right? It could be anything. It could be fucking sure. solar radiation. It could be mm-hmm. you know um, uh, self-destruction. It could be mining their 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 own world's resources to death. Anything. Yeah. But, you know, if, if that's true, 
then that theory in itself gives us loads to chew on as well. Yeah. Because we, we, you know, we could be the only fucking uh, species out there who's managed to pass their great filter, meaning, how long? Whoa, shit, we're alone. Our great filter might <laughs> right. be to come. It might be right That's ahead of point. us. Yeah. <laughs> Hadn't thought of it that way, but yeah, maybe we're we're rushing towards it. Yep. Headlong, man. Which we've gone into depth on, you know, over yeah. over the past six months. Um, and, you know, other, other, just other theories. I mean, my post, call this, you know, fucking Marco's theory, if you will, right? But I, I, I remain certain, absolutely certain, unshakably convinced of the, the existence, in fact, the abundance of non-Earth-based uh, life in the sense that we would call it, uh, you know, sentient, conscious, whatever you want to call it, self-aware life. But that's the great thing. The distances involved in, 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 in the universe make it completely fucking impossible that we will ever get right. the slightest whiff of them. And, I, 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 you know, the, that tickles my irony glands, man. I love it. That the, <laughs> we are so close to burning ourselves up in fruitless yeah. attempts to get off our fucking rock. And all you got to do is just zoom out a few billion miles. Ha <laughs> ha And they're everywhere. That, yeah. I love that. That appeals to me. Right. That there's just like some sort of like, you know, out there somewhere, there's actually like a whole bunch of space people who are act interacting like Completely. in Star Trek. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and yeah. we're just like down here like... Mm. We haven't quite made it and we we've won't. Got, we've kind of got Mars. <laughs> Give us That's another fucking couple of hundred sort years. sort of managed. But yeah. to... to 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 wrap this up a little bit, right? Did did you, if I were to use the term uh, Uma Uma? Oh yeah, yeah. The that weird object. Yes, Uma that Uma. came from. What was it supposed to be like? Was it? It's the first time. Of our... Exactly. Yes. Exactly. This. It's the first time that we've recorded an item, an object, a body from outside of our solar system. Traveling right, through our solar system and out. Yeah. And the fact that there is one boffin, right? At least one boffin. A current boffin as well. A boffin who still fucking works uh, at Harvard. A guy by the name of uh, Avi Loeb. He's an astrophysicist who works at Harvard. And as recently as this fucking year, he was saying that he reckons that was non-terrestrial in origin. Um, it doesn't quite conform to the, uh, you know, to the criteria to really confidently call it a comet. It's a funny fucking shape. It's sped up weirdly on its way out of our neck of the woods. Yeah. Um, and I feel like I remember it being like, I mean, you know, the company line mm. was that it was a, a comet and that it's like the. Yep. Like basically when comets push through, normally we can see a trail. Exactly. Or something like that because they're pushing out mm -hmm. dust. Yep. But that perhaps in the journey of how long it, it took, or, I mean, I'm probably butchering this, but in the journey of how long it took, maybe the dust, there wasn't much left yep. or something like that, and that's why we don't see the trail. Um, I mean... Uh, I don't know. There, there was a kind of a, a, a difficult-to-classify star a few years back, wasn't there, that was sending mm -hmm. out these kind of difficult-to-read light patterns that had a lot of people scratching right. their heads and going, aliens? But it, <laughs> it feels as though... It feels as though this, this body... Uh, Umuama is. I'm, I'm... You trying to do uh, the Hawaiian word right now is also very amusing. But... 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm. What I'm trying to do is to say it differently every single time I say it. That's what yeah, I'm going every for. single time. That's what I'm like, going for. Eventually, one of them has to. And be maybe like, at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 um. I believe it's Oumuamua, for the yeah. record. Because <laughs> I'm If anyone's like, what's he talking about? Yeah, feel free. <laughs> it's um, And yeah, and, and unless I'm wrong, unless I'm completely fucking wrong, I don't think there's been a conclusive. Nobody is able to go. Well, actually, it isn't aliens because men and men and men. So I'll 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 cling on to that. And that's it's just kind of an interesting thing, regardless, Mm. you know. And and who knows, like, how many times objects like this may have passed through Mm. that we wouldn't have known about before we had some sort of program to watch for them. Mm -hmm. But it's certainly, regardless of what it actually is, and the fact that we can't figure it out, like it moved out, and it was just like, and that's it, it's gone. We have this brief yeah. period of time to be like, shit, 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 try to look at it, look at it, look at it. <laughs> and then that was it. And it was like, <laughs> and good old Avi Lloyd. Like, that's kind of, Aliens that's lands. kind of bananas. Um, <laughs> it is bananas. It's completely bananas. And as we know from a previous Joag, uh, NASA's track record for spotting unusual shit coming between mm. us and space, <laughs> it's not flawless by any means. So It's not flawless at all. So, you know. It's an interesting, I mean, it's a cool thing to, we don't know if that'll ever happen again in our lifetimes. It's cool that that happened. And I don't know, maybe that's something to assuage your loneliness a little bit or something of that nature. (laughs) I don't know that that something has passed through here. Yeah. That is not from our. Yep. It's not, it's not of our ken, you know, it's completely out of our fucking wheelhouse. It's. That's such an incredible thing to think about. And, you know, this is when you said at the beginning, carrying, you know, the loneliness of our existence or whatever. <laughs> I explained in our rapture sode mm. uh, that that's kind of the thing that drove me towards being a Christian for all those years was like feeling like looking into space and being like too big, too big, too big. <laughs> and being like, oh, make this no, I, make I, sense. Then, I have, you know, so. I have friends who've uh, who've talked of the same kind of fear of the infinite, almost. Mm-hmm. Um, when scale yeah. and size, it, it it just reaches completely fucking unfathomable levels, or you know, yeah. conceptual levels that that can it can it can feel it can feel horrible, man. It can give you this kind of. I felt the stress rise in me when you said the thing about like the distance to, or like the number of each star or whatever mm-hmm. being like the number of galaxies. Like I could feel the stress start to rise in me mm. as, as a response to thinking about that level of hugeness, you know? So it's, yeah. there's a lot out there yep. that we don't understand. I always, you know, people always get on my case because they always say, I don't believe in aliens. Right. I like, that's not, what I'm saying. I don't believe aliens built the pyramids. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I just think that we attribute to whatever might be out there our own yes. cultural values. And specifically, like, Eurocentric, you know, conquistador type mm-hmm. values. Oh, I can't to, I can't wait. I mean, I... You know, whatever is out there. I've said this before on this very cast. I'm... I'm uh, I remain convinced that soon there'll be incontrovertible proof of microbial life right yeah and even space tardigrades you got space it mate. Tardigrades. you little fuckers i know you're out there and i love you every single one of you mm. um indeed but it, it, it's it, it's a it's a it's a paradigm reconfiguring event or at least it should yeah. be right oh yeah and i cannot mm. wait for the mental gymnastics that 
that that that those of faith will go to to cling on, you know, to cling on to their own paradigm. Yeah, I mean they'll find a way. Oh, of course. Been there for this, and and, uh, we'll, and the yeah. way would just be God because God. Because <laughs> his ways are bigger than our understanding. What might be an interesting kind of twist to the journey is that if I end up Christian as fuck, right? <laughs> if in my in my yearning for meaning, I accidentally yeah. convert myself. I've been waiting for the day. It just feels like it's going to happen. Mm, that would be, that would be a twist, wouldn't it? I'm going to keep on casually making Bible references about yeah, things, yeah, yeah, and yeah, you're yeah, going to yeah. be processing them, and mm. and then the next thing you know. We're going to have to end the show because you've become a monk or something. Let me quote directly from my notes, if I may. Yes, please do. Fucking look at these nerds. Oh, mise-en-scene. I don't think anyone has ever said mise-en-scene in such a horny way before. The way I whispered the word sex cannibal recently. Worst comes to worst, Mark. I'm willing to guillotine you for science. Thank you. That's really, really sweet. It's you cold know. outside, but my pancreas is talking to me. I'm fucking, <laughs> I'm going to leg it. You know how I feel about that, Mark. I think you feel great about it. <laughs> I feel like you never know when we're actually. I never know. I never. I never know not. what's just chat. And like my plan is always to tell you. Mm. Right. So <laughs> cancel. Rub that out then. Cancel that bit. Okay. Okay. We'll, we'll cancel that out because I was just explaining to you what we need to go over in the intro. And that never forms actually part of the cast, is it? No. No. Right. I never put that in there. Right. See, that's that. That's where the. <laughs> The disconnect is coming from. I always tell you first what we're going to talk about so that then we're ready to talk. Do you about think maybe it. I should listen to one or two just to get a feel for the format? It might help. It, right. <laughs> it might be helpful if, if you listen to a couple of I'll these. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll I'll do it. I'll listen to one. Are there any good ones? Any, any you'd recommend? When I see it. Any... <laughs> oh, Lordy. Welcome, everybody. Welcome. <laughs> we are we're back. We are back. We are back. And I know that you, you you'll dive in in a second, kind of just you know. Sure. Yeah. Chat to the guys. Say but your piece, sir. I, I shall. Uh, welcome, everyone. Right. But welcome specifically to you if this is your first Jack of All Graves. If this is your first episode. If you've just joined the Joag journey, this is a welcome specifically to you and for you. And I would like to pass on, on behalf of my co-host Corrigan and I, our sincere gratitude for you choosing to hit play and to make us your podcast choice for today. It, it means a lot to us both, and we hope you stick around. Oh, that was very sweet. Yeah, sincere. Sincerely meant. Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. I uh, co-sign that delightful intro. Listen, you may think that, that Mark has a, a dark spirit. But in fact, he's he's just a teddy bear who wants to give you all a big hug. Uh, do you know, it's actually... I, I don't want to hug anyone, right? Please <laughs> don't hug wow, me. Wow, okay. Right? But... Will not. Gosh. Let's just make that nice and clear. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, you, you were kind of right with that first half. I, I'm, I'm walking around here in this horrible kind of nether state... Of being simultaneously mm. kind of furious and frustrated and angry at everything. But on the other hand, just really desperately wanting to interact and have some kind of, you know, positive affirmation and affection from the world that I fucking also hate and I'm tired of. So what the fuck is that all about? 
You contain multitudes. <sighs> multitudes. Bloody girls. Yeah, you ended our cast last week with a with amongst my favorite of your weird endings, uh, where you said we love you and your families to our listeners. So things are getting weird in oh, quarantine, yeah, but the lockdown's yeah. ending. Yes, it is for you. Yes, it is. It is. It is tomorrow. My children get to go to an actual professional educational establishment. Um, oh, delightful. Uh, you know, we've done our best. And I say we. Yeah. I have not done my best. My wife has done her best. <laughs> um, uh, and, you know, they, they, they can still use cutlery and they can still kind of, they can still read. Or at least they're good at pretending they can read. So Yeah, right. You know. Which is all that really matters. Fake mm-hmm. it till you make it. Yep, exactly that. <laughs> well, like we said, we're really ha- glappy. Glappy? <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, yeah. No, but we are, though. We're glappy. <laughs> I told you I was delirious. And uh... <laughs> <laughs> we're glad and happy. Glappy birthday <laughs> to you. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. This is up there when. Is this good? Clap last <laughs> is week. This going to be another. Um, <laughs> no not again dear god we are glappy you're here hmm. um we want to you know we love getting uh, listener comments and whatnot throughout the week which is one of our favorite parts of doing this because as much as we would also just talk to each other forever which we originally thought this mm. was gonna be was just us talking at each other and putting it on the internet and everyone ignoring it we do enjoy that people actually talk back to us and one of those things i mean there were some real interesting things on the facebook this this week if you're not in our facebook group you should mm, really were, join it because were. people post some bonkers stuff in that mm. um but last week we had talked about the potential manchester pusher and our skepticism about the uh, number of young men who were falling into the canals and perhaps there was someone something more nefarious uh happening however mm. uh richard was listening along and apparently frequents Amsterdam. Uh, and he was saying that he had read that when Amsterdam put in public urinals, it like significantly dropped the number of deaths oh, in the canal. Wow. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. It makes perfect makes sense. Because per- remember, we were like, in terms of the numbers, I was like, mm. so Amsterdam's a lot bigger, but has around the same number of drownings as Manchester. That doesn't make sense. But they've reduced the number because now instead of people going and walking up and peeing in the canals and mm. falling in, I guess once they put in the urinals, dudes stop doing that as much. Occam's razor. Sometimes it isn't a murderer. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it isn't a murderer. Sometimes it is, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So we're not ruling out the Manchester pusher. We're just saying Richard did give us a plausible explanation aside from someone pushing dudes into the water. Not to want to tell Manchester police how to do their job. Mm. But if I were to put myself in the mind of uh, an inebriated uh, ex-clubber or pubber who's walking home from the from, you know, closing hours or whatever, I'm taking a whiz in the canal. Oops. I've slipped, I've dropped in, I've fallen in, I've drowned. I'm certainly not going to have time to pack pack it away, if you know what I'm saying. That's a that's a really good point. Yeah. So how many so of these lads? are they all lads... found unzipped? Exactly. Oh, fuck. We've done it. We've Michelle McNamara'd it. We've done it. 
Ah, I knew we could do it. Yes. We were going to crack it one way or another, and there it is. Check yeah. check the trousers, Manchester PD. Get me Netflix. Or, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is the, they call them the GMP, as I learned from the... Greater Manchester Police, yes, indeed. ...podcast yep, that I yep. was listening to last oh, week. So, oh, hey, you... GMP. Mm-hmm. Check, check the pants. Check the pants. Check the dicks. Where are the dicks? <laughs> um, what else did we have? Uh, <laughs> so also, um, we realized that we did not give you like an end date for the contest that we announced last week. Um, and if you did not listen to last week's episode, hey, we have a contest going where we want you to tell a friend about yeah. Jack of All Graves. Yeah. You know, maybe pick an episode. Maybe not. Maybe just say, hey, listen to this, whatever. But pick a friend, tell them about us, and then give us the evidence, a screenshot, whatever, and you know, win. at us. And win big. And win big. We're going to make you the very first piece of Joag merch ever. We're going to make you a t-shirt, maybe send you some treasures along with it. Unless, uh, you know, without wishing to come across as, you know, avaricious or materialistic here, that fucking, that's going to be worth bucks. <laughs> Right? Yeah, obviously. Yeah, that very, is... very valuable. Oh yes. This, yeah. Um... It's gonna be like the Turin shroud. <laughs> in years to come. Exactly like that. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> if you are yeah. interested in in getting a fun little shirt uh, yeah. written in Mark's and my own hand, then hey, tell a friend about us. Screenshot it. Send yeah. it our way. And by March twenty seventh. Uh, get that proof to us and on our show March 28th we will announce who has won and don't worry those of you who have already entered I've been keeping track of it because we all know Mark hasn't nope <laughs> and uh, I've been keeping track of it and so. I will admit to being very impressed that Corey is in fact keeping track of it because I would literally have just Thank picked you. someone who I liked <laughs> which is not because <laughs> they're supposed to run so so there's that don't worry uh, it will be fair, but thank you for those of you who have already, you know, told a friend about us. It's delightful. We see you, and we love it. We do. Mm. We love it. We really do. Um, also, this coming Saturday, the thirteenth. Uh, twelfth. No, thirteenth. Saturday the thirteenth. Thirteenth. We will be Saturday together, the thirteenth of March. Let's talk about it. Where is it going on? It's going on a Discord. Who's coming? You fucking are. What are we gonna watch? Uh, we've lined up a choice of four remakes for us to vote on. Everybody in the Joag community vote. We've either got 1988's absolutely belting remake of The Blob, directed by one Chuck Russell. Um, I see what you're doing. <laughs> and what am I doing, Corrigan? <laughs> you are trying to sway our I am, yeah, I really am. Because <laughs> it's not going my way at the minute. Um, you've got The Blob, 1988, absolute masterpiece by Chuck Russell, director of another masterpiece on Nightmare on Elm Street 3. We'll talk about Chuck Russell again in the future, I dare say. Where the fuck did he go? Um, mm. You know, with... with Him and Jan de Bont are hiding somewhere, not making the movies we need. I don't know if I'd want to hang out with Jan de Bont. Well, he made Twister and Speed, and that makes him uh, untouchable in my... Oh, no, I'm thinking of Rennie Harlan. I'm thinking of fucking Rennie Harlan, who I would not want to hang out with. Uh, we also got uh, Dawn of the Dead by horrific fucking hack uh, Zack Snyder. 
what are the other two that we put in there? Wow, you are I know, heavily. I know, I know, I know, I know. Because <laughs> <laughs> Dawn of the Dead is currently leading. Yes. Uh, and um, so he's trying to. My brother it. put it beautifully, right? Zack Snyder should be talked about in the same breath as someone like Brett Ratner or McGee. You know what I mean? That's the tier <laughs> that he should be at. To be fair, I like a lot of Mick G things. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. I can't deny hey, it. Never did I say that was a bad thing. That's his. That should be his lane, though. Far more than I like Brett Ratner and Zack Snyder. That's all I'm saying. Mm. But my question is, why? What did he fucking do that all of a sudden, you know, why is, this, yeah. why is he elevated above other action directors in the way he is? Also, is there any director that has more unhinged fans than Zack Snyder? Man, like, it is. shit. Just go on Twitter. Say, like, Zack Snyder bad. Like, that's, like, anything like that. That's it. And oh. you will have just, like, all these people suddenly Crazy. adding you. Like, Sam said something last week about Zack Snyder. Or was it... No, it was me. It was me. Yeah, you were the one who said it, and someone immediately okay came so, after you about it. Uh, direct quote: <laughs> My tweet was, oh my God, it was so good. "Um, <laughs> what the fuck? I cannot wait for the Snyder cut to be a load of warm shot." That was my tweet, right? Yeah, which is evocative. Yeah. Fine. Uh, Thomas two one four RTSC replies: <laughs> "Shot is the name your mother gave you when she pushed you out." What the fuck, Tom? <laughs> This comedic genius right here. Whew, he really got you. You know, I mean, that was... And we're on the internet. You have time to think of a good response, <laughs> yeah. too. Yep. You know, this is like this is not a L'Esprit d'Escalier situation. Like, you could sit there and be like, oh, I'm going to eviscerate this dude. And that is what he came up with. Uh, which your response <laughs> cracked me up as well to it, which I believe was something like, I don't know why you'd say that. <laughs> dude, I don't know why you'd say that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you, you done hurt my feelings. Yeah, and uh, man were... with many numbers in his yeah. username. But that's what it's always like. If someone makes a comment about Zack Snyder, people lose their ever-loving minds. And I don't Have... know what he's done to deserve, like, to earn that from people. If has anyone called them Zackalites yet? Because if not, Ooh. I'm having that one. A good one. I don't. I haven't seen it. Um, right, Zachalites. Most people just call them assholes. So. <laughs> yeah. Shot is the name your mother gave you when she pushed you out. It sounds. <sighs> it's like, like you can see where they were going with it almost. Oh man! It it, it has the it, it has the syntax of like land. a Monkey Island repost. You know when you're doing the fucking oh, in, insult totally. fencing. Shot is the name your yeah. mother gave you when she pushed you out. How I <laughs> how ironic! You fight like a cow. <laughs> oh, I love that reference. Um, yeah. But anyway, so nonetheless, I find the Dawn of the Dead remake fun. Um, oh, it is. It is. It but, is. It is. But we'll see how it happens. What are the other two? We have not even you have not broached the other two. What are the? They're not going to win anyway. They're trailing badly. Right? It's a two horse race at the minute. Uh, <laughs> Evil Dead. Oh yeah, Evil Dead. Twenty thirteen. Two thousand thirteen. Uh, an absolute towering achievement. Um, a movie that was, you know, a power of 50 better than anyone imagined it would be or had any right to be. Uh, a, a phenomenal and ferocious piece of fucking work in its own right, uh, which is enjoying one vote. Fuck. Uh, 
But then again, then again, <laughs> we we do tend to lean heavy on Evil Dead, uh, and I can imagine. Yeah, you know. that was. I feel like we've 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 talked about yeah. that at length on the show. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, people want, and we just watched Evil Dead too, so it makes sense. Yes, it does. It does. It does. And uh, and the crazies, um, oh, yeah, starring. Crazies, yep. Absolute surefire bet, Timothy Oliphant, who you gotta yeah. fucking love, man. I love the guy. Love Timothy. So Oliphant. watchable, so likable, um, mm-hmm. uh, and not gonna win our poll. So no, not unless a miracle happens. But mm. if you want to be a part of that, join our our Facebook group. I think it's like Facebook.com/slash/groups Jack slash Jack of All Graves yeah. or something like that. But just search Jack of All Graves and send us a request, and we'll we'll let you in. We'll make it public eventually, but we're still. You know, have I made this up? In there. The the lead uh, girl in Dawn of the Dead. It's not her of Community, is it? It's Julian Jacobs. Is it? It's Gillian for Gillian? one, okay. but also uh, I don't remember. It's been a minute. It feels like she would have been too young at the time. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I'm not sure though. I, I cannot say, but it does have Ty Burrell from Modern Family before he was Modern Family. He plays like a dick in that, doesn't he? Yes, he does, and it has Ving Rhames. Yeah, yeah, always, always fun. Which is not a sure bet. Ving Rhames himself is always a sure bet. A movie with Ving Rhames is not a sure bet. Uh, I think there's the imagination. I'm pretty sure, without having done the maths, I'm pretty sure that there's a that the, the on balance of probabilities. He brings quality to films. I think, I think a Ving Rhames film is going to be a good yes. time. I feel like you're challenging me now with no. your pronunciations. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> like, yeah, let's see if she let's see if she points it out. Maths. What rubbish films has Ving Rhames done then? Because that's that's yeah. more front and center in my head. What shite films has Ving Rhames done? Wasn't he in the like Piranha 3D? Or he whatever? was almost yeah, went in that. our poll, by the way. <laughs> was that someone said that uh, <laughs> or did you just want to add it me yeah okay yeah that yeah. came from that came from you yeah was he was he? in that okay. um i don't know i don't off the top of my head no but i know that i've watched plenty of ving rames movies because he's just one of those people who like i don't feel like he says no to things yeah he's yeah, just yeah. like yeah that sounds batshit i'll do it yeah 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 which i <laughs> which I, I i quite enjoy i like a performer who yeah, will do that i'm here a, for a that. brave performer yeah, I have I have no qualms with that as a decision making process. Get True. that money and like show up and you be the best part of that movie. Absolutely. No, I completely agree. There are no uh, 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 there are no small roles, only small actors, as the saying goes. That's true. Mm-hmm. Very true. So yeah, uh, by oh, so yeah, by Wednesday, try to get in there, get your vote in. We'll pick and we'll watch together on Saturday. So that gives you a couple days to procure yeah. the movie, however you need to do that. Um, and we'll just have a have a grand old time together once again. Yes. Always, always, always fun. All right. So we're going to we'll we'll pivot. We'll we'll talk about our main topic. And then afterwards, if you're looking for some wrecks for this week or anti wrecks, as sometimes they may be, stick around and we will talk about some uh, films and television and whatnot that we've watched this week. We'd be, uh, we'd be glappy to talk about it later. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Good grief. Uh, this episode is brought to you by the letter B and my love for, uh, if you've listened to the first 25 episodes, any of the first 25 of this episodes, the theme tune announces my mm. favorite genre you love it, don't of you? horror. 
is Spooky Boats. And that's really my catch-all. It's, I guess you call it aquatic horror, but we have dubbed it Boatcore. Boatcore. Uh, and I I texted Mark earlier in the week and I was like, hey, buddy, can we um, talk about the ocean mm. and why everything about the ocean is scary? Mark, do you... Do you go in the ocean? Are you like, will you, do you go swim in it? If I am adjacent to the ocean, I will absolutely get in it. Why wouldn't you? You will. You'll go yeah, in. Fuck um, yeah. Why wouldn't I? A million reasons. Are you kidding me? Which I think we're going to get into some of. There's a lot of reasons why I don't like getting in the ocean. It feels to me as though the ocean starts being the way we're characterizing it. Unknowable, fucking lethal, mysterious horrid sharp and pointy and murderous i don't think it it's any of those things when it's about chest height mm, you're you know? diluting yourself but sure hmm. i feel <laughs> i feel quite I mean... safe in the ocean you know when i'm when i've got my feet on on sand you know here's just a few things about why you're wrong okay um as we know uh, i love it <laughs> sea urchins uh, they are on rocks and things like that that are very close to the shore, and you can step on them and absolutely impale yourself. Um, uh, rays. Also, if you aren't doing your stingray shuffle when you get into the water, you can take a, a Steve Irwin to the leg yeah, or yeah, something yeah. of that nature. Sharks. They feed in the shallows, uh, especially in the early dawn hours and at dusk. Uh, you have um, jellyfish that are in these shallows and often their tentacles are long enough that you would not even see the jellyfish itself if it were to sting you particularly like a box jelly in australia mm. there's a lot of things that can injure you if not kill you now, that are in the shallows this is our global perspective coming into play here right because when you keep in mind that my early exposure to the sea would have been in fucking a town called porth call right off the coast of south mm -hmm. wales where there is very little chance of bumping into a fucking sea urchin in Porth Call, mate. Um, oh, really? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, maybe a fucking condom on your big toe. That's the most you've got to worry about <laughs> in, in okay. this in Porth Call. So That's tropical oceans, that. yes. I think I would be what a little bit like, more. What about, like, how about a horseshoe crab? I know we had those in Massachusetts growing up, and we're sharing an ocean there. Horseshoe crabs with their giant nasty ass... Spiky tail, tail, yeah? Thing, spiky tail, yeah. Like, that's in there waiting to get you. I, I oh distinctly recall seeing a jellyfish washed up on the beach once, in, uh, if not in Porthcall, then in Barry, which is another, another fucking episode entirely. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, I go, like... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, please. I, so, you know, as it says on our, our website, my... My sort of quote to live by is always a coward. Uh, not always a coward. Always afraid, <laughs> never a coward. Yes, yes, <laughs> The exact yes. opposite of that. Mm. Always afraid, never a coward. I'm afraid of everything. So I will go in. I have surfed in South Africa in the shark-infested waters of South Africa. I, um, you know, my husband is from Hawaii. We go out to visit his family out there. And I mm. go in the water, but I'm always in like a little bit mm. of a state of panic. And all of those things that I mentioned to you are pretty much in the water mm. there. Uh, and... The problem is I often panic and then I hurt myself. Like, okay. I'm like, oh, I see a sea urchin. And so then I, like, quickly make a move and I end up, like, scraping all the skin off my knee on, like, a rock or something like that. Because I'm like, Wah! and panic. Um, 
I've also been known to suddenly like swim up to my husband and just like grab him and be like, don't let go of me. Don't let go of me. I suddenly cannot move. Like, you know, like I just. While you stood on the floor, while you stood on, on, on rock. <laughs> like, no, just like, just like, you know, in the water all of a sudden, like I'll be, you know, I just don't, it stresses me out. The, the ocean is big and powerful. Yes. You know, and it's like, it feels to me like that, you know, all the things, and maybe this is where you were going with your connection, I don't know if it was, but all the things that we worry about or that we think about in terms of the vastness and of space and all that kind of stuff is like there, except that we do know the horrors. Exactly that. that are, exactly that. That I, are in it. I love that in the course of one episode, we can talk about the unseeable fucking void billions of years, uh, you know, above us. And we can also take yeah. into account a similarly unfucking knowable and, you know, impenetrable void beneath our yeah. feet. Yeah. I mean, the all of the all of the traditional stuff about the oceans appeals and fills me with dread at the same time, right? Yeah. Um but to me they represent they represent this issue that I have at the core of, of what I'm what I'm struggling with lately about about people. Mm. What is this fucking compulsion in us to go where we don't belong? <laughs> to go where we aren't where we aren't welcome right. you know it's like ah yeah. oh, fucking completely unsurvivable pressure no light no oxygen inhospitable to fucking anything right. that hasn't evolved down there hey let's build a fucking bathysphere yeah, or whatever and get down there <laughs> you know what i mean i and I, but but on the other hand again i'm coming up against a paradox because i don't for a second believe that oh this is our little bit of grass we'll just stay here and everything right. will be great i get the need to to progress and expand i guess but sure. this unceasing determination just to insert ourselves in places where we are genetically fucking not welcome oh and that's that's it right I've said before, I don't know if I've said it on the podcast specifically, but I've said many times in my life that the reason why I think any movie that takes place on a boat mm. is a horror movie yes. is because of that, right? It's that inhospitability, the fact that like we're not supposed to be out there yep. and you're so trapped by it, your body is not meant to survive it. If something happens to whatever vessel you are on... Yep. There's nothing you can do. And no one you can to... blame. Yeah, no one you can blame. It's on you for being out there in mm -hmm. that shit, you know? Mm -hmm. It's, and I think it makes for what makes such interesting movies and things like that about it is because we know that and we know that there's so much that we can't see. What the hell is that? It could be monsters. It could be Yeah, it absolutely monsters. could be monsters. And they are monsters. By every definition that we have, yeah, there's a yeah. ton of shit down there that are actual monsters. Oh, you are, you, fuck, you are not wrong. And so much unexplained. I mean, you know, Bolt Corps is, the, the Bolt Corps canon is rife with stories of deserted vessels, of fucking missing mm -hmm. seamen, of, you know, yes. unusual deaths, unexplainable absences. But actual real life, okay. actual reality is just as full of those examples. Um, yeah. Have you come across the Kaz 2, the story of the Kaz 2? That's the full name, Kaz? K-A-Z, the Kaz 2. It's a vessel, no. right? So, I um, think so. 2007, so not long at all ago, mm -hmm. uh, just off the coast of Australia, off the Queensland coast, a surveillance helicopter found this yacht 
right? The cast two, which would be out sailing, and the no attempts to raise it, no attempts to get in touch with it by radio was successful. A meal was laid out, right? Oh. Cutlery. Oh, this is my favorite kind of thing. Fishing lines in the water, manned. Uh, a coffee, right? They untouched. Uh, GPS navigational equipment all switched on and functioning everything still running but the fucking crew were gone you know oh my god did I ever tell you I went into a house like that oh no I think you might have gone not <laughs> that sorry just this like is that. a little detour yeah, just because you know we were here I can't remember Ben might have been there for this I'm not entirely positive um, but when I was in high school, there was a, a house that we all just acknowledged as a haunted house behind yeah, yeah. Was haunted. Um, yeah, yeah. My, my high school. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I remember, like, I was walking to volleyball practice one day and I heard, like, 1950s music coming out of it. And I was like, oh, that's, like, super weird. Um, and I just kind of, like, ran to volleyball practice. So I told my friends about it. And I was like, there's this, like, place yeah. behind my high school that um, is, like, haunted. And it was all boarded up, right? Um, outside there were a couple cars and like garage, but they'd been they'd been there forever, like these kind of uh, carport style yeah. garage. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you could see these cars and like the stuff growing up around them, whatever. So a bunch of us went to this place, um, and uh, one of my friends, I think it was my friend John, he had found like a pitchfork, and we managed to pry the boards mm. off of one of the like windows or like one of the doors this doesn't so feel in go... character with what i would imagine the kind of things you would get up to when you were a lawyer. always afraid never oh, a coward very good <laughs> very nice very nice <laughs> this is my high school life was me just being like well this is a bad idea but i'm gonna do it anyway <laughs> I love uh, that. <laughs> and so we pry this thing off and we walk in and i should you not mark the first thing that we see is like a newspaper that is like the um the inauguration of President Eisenhower. So straight from the 1950s. <laughs> like this newspaper sitting there. And I was like, <gasps> Very I cool. heard 1950s music coming out of this place. And there's like a 1950s newspaper sitting right here. I was like, oh, you guys are standing in the doorway. Just like, what, 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 what? And we went in and there, I mean, I think I kind of stood in the doorway. I did not go all the way in. But one thing that I remember was that there was a table. Yeah that had like a cup of like a cup of coffee or like something like that that had long been like evaporated or something like that but you could tell there was like a little bit of something left in it but it was like someone had been here mm. um, and i think there was like some other stuff on the table as well like it looked like someone had set it for breakfast or something like cool. that so it looked like someone had been there and then just stopped being there raptured mate they got raptured just straight up got raptured mm -hmm. and that's that was the the end but it was like it was the of all the places that i've broken into with friends over the years uh and tried to look for haunted things and whatnot that was amongst the weirder experiences that i ever had was walking and being like oh this just looks like the people straight like just like up and nice. out and that's it and i still don't know what the deal was with that. I recently Googled another place that we broke into and almost got arrested at um, years ago. And it was like a much less interesting story than the one that we had heard about it. But you know, <laughs> this one, I still have no idea why it was like that. Some but anyways. Marie Celeste shit. It's nice to scratch your head. Yeah, it? exactly. Nice to... yeah. Um, but yes, and, and that's just one of lots of sea vanishings. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I mean, that's one of the again, one of the things that is terrifying is so many boats and things like that, you know, 
presumably something happens where they abandon ship or something like that. But it's like, yeah. why? Why didn't they send a distress call? Exactly. Why didn't, you know, what happened all of a sudden and why did they never show back up again? Best guess with the Kaz 2 is, quote, freak wave, unquote. So they're on there fishing away. Way freak wave just washes them, not their equipment, not their coffees, right. not their fishing rods. Just them. Literally just them. Uh, and all three are never heard from again. I don't buy it. I am not a marine biologist, right? Nor am I an astrophysicist. <laughs> but I don't buy the freak wave but fucking baloney. There's a similar sort of thing with a lighthouse. And unfortunately, I don't off the top of my head know what it was because I mm. had not researched in preparation for what you're talking about. But there is a lighthouse. I want to say it was Scotland. Um, that these three guys were on and they disappeared. Mm. And so it's this like big sort of, I mean, it's not a like widely known mystery, but I listened to a couple podcasts that talked about it. Um, and they like went back and the, their like stuff that you would go outside in was still inside. Clothing. So like, yeah, like their clothing, okay. like they would normally, it was freezing in that area, like real cold, all that stuff. They would wear like these heavy, you know, rainproof things and whatnot normally when, when they went outside. And that stuff was still inside. Their like log books were, looked like they were kept properly. Like Vanished. everything was kind oh, of wow. looked untouched and they all disappeared. And I love it. So the theory mm. is exactly that wave. Right. <laughs> But wave like, bait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why were they outside where a wave could take them without any clothes to go outside for this? And part of the theory that people have is like maybe one of them was outside and the other ones saw the wave come and they went out to try to rescue yeah, him and drown yeah, yeah. too. But why didn't he have his stuff? Mate, two words. Outside? Scottish Bigfoot. There it is. There That's you go. Exactly it. You know. But these are like like everything in the sea is scary like this <laughs> like there's just i do love no way of knowing it just takes us uh, i think i think that's a future episode unexplained disappearances i think mm. just fucking complete dematerializations i'd love to talk about that in a bit more depth mm -hmm. but yeah there's loads of them and that's before yeah. that's before you fathom in uh the fucking creatures Oh, yeah. the creatures yep. under the sea. Jesus Christ. When I was when I was in college, my roommate, um, she and I used to just send, like, email each other pictures of things you find in the deep ocean to terrify each other. Yeah. Stuff that's in the sea is terrible. Uh, Tell you'd, me what you found. You'd be there all... I mean, I've long been a shark guy, right? I love a shark. Mm, I God love a shark, yeah. damn it, do I love a shark. Um... <laughs> Lots about sharks I enjoy. Uh, the fact that, you know, they've been around a long time. Um, mm -hmm. They are literally yeah. just designed to feed and swim. That's all they do. Yeah. And kill. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm done with that. And one of my favourite sharks, the goblin shark, which if you've oh. not... Have you seen a goblin shark? Oh, I have seen a goblin shark, yeah. <sighs> so good. I mean, to look at him, if, if you know, just to, to have a goblin shark swim past you, quite a comical looking guy. Um with a ridiculous long pointy nose, which I've since learned is full of, uh, you know, electro fucking magnetic sensors or whatever to pick up. Of course prey. it is. Of course it, it is. is. What? Of course. But what the goblin shark is great at, <laughs> you know, you know, the, the creature from Alien, how it's got the jaw that comes mm -hmm. out of its jaw. 
the goblin shark literally is able to do that. It's got like an accordion structure in its jaw, which enables it to basically protrude its fucking mouth for feet in front of it, uh, in front of it. So that even if you th- if you think you're safe from the goblin shark, get the fuck away, right? Because you're not. <laughs> it can detach its teeth and almost fucking throw them at you wherever you are. Yeah. Um, if you ever see like, just go on YouTube right now mm. and look for like a goblin shark feeding, oh, and it is yeah. nightmarish. I mean, that's exactly yeah. It's like it's throwing its jaw mm-hmm. out and is just the most horrifying, most alien. Yep, thing it is. It is exactly that imagine. alien, and that that's you know it's 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 an oft repeated. Uh, you know, line that, you know, you, you don't have to look to Mars or wherever for alien life just a couple of miles beneath you. Goblin sharks are lucky in that they're way deeper than man tends to habitually, you know, frequent, lucky for it. Um, Why? But, do you think we we would, like, be eating it? What do you think we'd do uh, if we were in its neighborhood? Of we fucking would. That well, yeah, would, I guess that's true. You yeah. know, it would it'd, be... It'd be... Ground up Medicine, for sex powders Exactly. <laughs> Ground up for sex powders, mate. No one wants that. Um, but, you know, because of the depths involved and the pressure and the way that life evolves, I am not a marine biologist. But that gives rise to these forms and these lifespans even, which are so completely yeah. fucking miles away from our frame of reference. Um, another big favorite shark of mine is the greenland shark right i was gonna ask if you knew about the greenland shark since we were talking lifespans fucking hell the prince philip of the shark world right (laughs) this fucking thing is just floating around just begging to die do you know how old the oldest greenland shark that we found ever was do we know how old do, no, it do, was? Do, do thought... you know? Do you know? Because we can carbon date. No, no, can... no. I meant, sorry, that was like a rejoinder to this was, do we even know how old Greenland sharks are? Because I thought there was some debate over if we even know how long yeah, they live. Yeah, we have, we, have, we have estimates. We have... Okay, okay. Uh, I don't know. I don't, how, how old are they? Take a guess. I want to see what you might think. So a gigantic Greenland shark found in the North Atlantic. Uh, and... Those uh, scientists who found it believed it to be the world's oldest living vertebrate. Take a punt. Oldest living vertebrate. Yeah. They used uh, radiocarbon dating. Because I should know this, but uh, I don't know. um, 150. 512 years old, this motherfucker. So fucking ridiculous. Stupid. Stupid. (laughs) Stop that. Yeah. Stop it right now. Will That's you insane. die already? Fucking hell. Um, 500 years old. And all because of its inert That's... kind of life. It just literally right, floats. It just drifts. Ridiculously deep. Sometimes, you know, a plankton or whatever might accidentally find its way into its mouth and it lives right. and just... Yeah, 500, as much as 512 years old. That's insane. Isn't that Have crazy? you also read about how, like... like the lobsters, and this is this is kind of a contested. Again, I'm going to oversimplify a science concept. Surprise, Good. surprise. I but think that, that's one of our trademarks. It is, I think. Yeah, just like dumbing down to the point of inaccuracy, but just to get the point across that there are theories that lobsters are more or less immortal. Oh, actually, uh, the, the, this does ring a bell. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And the the only thing that really kills a lobster is the fact that eventually they run out of the energy to um, 
what do you call it when you when your skin comes off? Molt. Molt. Right. Eventually, they don't have the energy left to molt, and so they they get too big for their their shell and they die. But oh, otherwise, if wow. their shell could forever, like if it automatically molted, there isn't anything to say like that they would just naturally die. <laughs> just could potentially keep on going forever. You know, which and is wild. Even if even animals which share the same planet as us, right? Can completely challenge and frankly mock our ideas of lifespan and longevity. If, if, if that fucks us up, (laughs) you know, when the fucking, when it does happen and it will happen, we have no frame of reference for what might be further away up. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a key element of it. Mm. The, the kinds of things we don't, we don't have a frame of reference for what might exist somewhere else. We can't conceptualize it because we don't know what's keeping anything else alive. Yeah. What is on our yeah. own planet yeah. keeping itself alive is confusing to us. <laughs> we don't, we have no idea how a lot of this stuff works and what's so, you know, this is just the stuff that we can see. I mean, there are things we're per- perpetually discovering stuff. Yes. That is deep down. And a lot of times it's kind of the luck of something happening to wash up dead somewhere like yes, yes. a giant squid or an yeah. oarfish or something like that. And otherwise we'd have no idea something existed. I mentioned earlier on uh, at the beginning that um, that star, which was given off irregular light patterns, which had the scientific mm-hmm. community scratching his head. Well, you know, stuff like that still happens in the fucking ocean. Every so often there'll be like a, a gigantic yeah. sound and everyone's like, what the fuck was that? Yeah. Where'd that come from? You know, like like huge sounds recorded by microphones yeah. across the entire bottom of the Pacific Ocean, right? Thousands of miles apart. And they'll all pick up the same noise, this loud-ass fucking noise. Uh, and for decades, what was that? The, there was one in 1999, right? Um, mm-hmm. And listen to the waveform, you can hear it. It sounds like somebody going, Julia. <laughs> Specific. No fucking clue what it is. Who's that then? <laughs> you know what that is, Mark. What is it? It's God. God. <laughs> yeah. Soggy God. Soggy God <laughs> down there. Julia. Julia. <laughs> you, you've been raptured, love. Uh, yeah. No, I, I. It's incredible. It isn't just. I mean, you're a, you you. Please don't take offense at this, but you 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 it feels like you're an ocean nerd. You love it, don't you? Even though it's terrifying. I do. Too. I love the, I love the ocean more than I love space, and I love space. I mm. think that the ocean is I have this I mean, I think like a lot of people who are more prone to getting into it, like surfers and and things like that. Mm. I have a reverence for it that an awe, a fear, and also this big attraction to it. You know, where I mean, when I when we were in New Zealand, um I remember, like, you know, I was in a dry suit, which is, like, buoyant, you know, so you, you can't, like, sink in a dry suit. Um, and How's that work? Yeah, so I was... Is it like you're wearing an inflatable? Is that what uh, we're talking about? I don't about? know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it looks like a wetsuit. Like, right. it, I have no idea. It's whatever material it's made okay, of. Okay, okay, okay. Um, that I'm... Yeah, I have no idea. I'm not even... I was going to try to posit a theory, and then I was like, don't. You don't know anything about this. Whatever the reason, you're buoyant when you wear it, and it feels essentially like a wetsuit it's just thick nice um 
And so, you know, they put us out in the water in this so that we could, we were looking for Hector's dolphins, which are the second smallest dolphin in the world. They're really cute. They're oh, like really? How, are we so that cute. big? But yeah. yeah, fully like grown. A, a foot, fully grown. They're no. like, yeah, foot, two feet, something like, something like that. Little nice. itty bitty guys. Nice. So cute. We're looking at those. We're looking at penguins, things like that out in the water. So they tossed us out there. And I just like, oh, when I'm in the water, I'm like, this is... <laughs> the coolest shit in the world you know just to think of how much is below you oh yeah how big it all is you know and and i love the feeling of being in water water easier on your joints i imagine thing in the world it is it's mm. much easier on my joints um i just love water mm. um but i'm also yeah i'm terrified of it at the same time and i'm very aware of its power and i have always i mean like as i've said many times like boat core you know that kind of horror mm. has always dawned on me and i remember the first thing that like the first boat core i remember was the poseidon adventure do you ever mm. see that no i didn't you've never seen the poseidon adventure mm -hmm. it's from the 70s it's gene hackman mm. um shelly winters like it's a basically a cruise ship that uh, overturns and this group of people trying to survive and get out. Yeah. Um, and it terrified me to the core nice. of my being. Like, I mean, just viscerally terrified me. Scar. And I was like, yeah. yeah, I'm from Western Massachusetts. So not the side of the state that's by the water, um, which isn't that far. It's like two hours, you know, but I didn't spend time at the beach growing up. Um, and this was like amongst my first sort of you know, ideas of the ocean was this movie. Mm. And from there, I mean, Jaws is my favorite movie. I'm obsessed with Jaws. Like, things like that really stuck with me. Um, and I've been obsessed ever, ever since then with mm. just being terrified of it, but also, like, really drawn towards it. But there's certain, <laughs> I guess, like I said, the thing is that boats, to me, are so scary um, and I and like literally, I will watch any like a submarine movie is my favorite kind of thing. U five seven one Black mm. Sea. After seeing Black Sea, I literally sat in my car for forty five minutes to decompress because I was so stressed out afterwards. <laughs> I just get the like, bends. It terrifies the shit out of me. <laughs> but in real life, like I, um, I don't love planes either, and so sometimes I think like, oh, if I'm gonna travel somewhere, maybe I'll take a boat. You know, I'm gonna go like Greta, take a boat somewhere. Um, but boats terrify me too, and especially cruise ships. Cruise mm. ships are nightmares on mm. water. Have you ever been on a cruise? Yeah, I've been on cruise ships a couple of times. I've not been on any kind of yeah. long cruise, but I've I've been on, you know, cruise ships plenty of times. Um, Why? Holidays. Just you, you know, you'd get on one, but not on for any length of time. Like, what do no. you? I'm confused by like why you were on them, but not for a length of time. Uh, so you, you might hop on one in one city and get off mm -hmm. kind of on the other end of an island and travel back oh, okay know, just tours i guess gotcha so not like you sailed for 10 days on a no, cruise no. ship but you just no. okay gotcha I, i've never taken a cruise i've been on like ferries mm. obviously i've gone from northern ireland to scotland or from sausalito to san francisco things mm. like that um but cruises i find to be terrifying because, uh, like, best case scenario to me is I lived near Long Beach, California, and there I feel like there was constantly 
boats coming in that were quarantined with norovirus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like just like a terrible flu. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, I don't know what it is about cruise ships, but it seems like this kind of thing. Like if someone gets sick, everyone has it. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's the one thing I've done. I mean, the idea of a cruise holiday doesn't just doesn't appeal to me at all. Yeah. But the idea of of being isolated when some bad shit happens. Right, like that. That's a terrible. And I, I would imagine, kind of, you know, martial law would break out. Yeah. Just... So, like, uh, I remember. I'm just gonna do like escalating cruise ship nightmares here. Oh for please! You. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, um, for one, let me see if I can find this in my notes. Um, there was a a cruise ship uh, disaster, which was. Uh, dubbed the Poop Cruise oh, in man. February of 2013, um, <sighs> in which uh, the passengers were reportedly left fighting over food on a vessel caked in urine and raw sewage. Uh, the, <laughs> there was a, a uh, it was the Carnival Triumph, which was a 14-story cruise ship, and um, for whatever reason, something happened in which the conditions on board deteriorated, and they were sleeping in tents on the deck. The air conditioning and electricity went out. Food supplies ran low. The passengers Uh, had to line up for hours for cold onion and cucumber sandwiches. Oh, no. Fights were breaking out amongst people on the boat over the dwindling supplies. Uh, and um, the in everything you've just asked, read, the the main thing that's made me fucking contort my face: onion and cucumber sandwiches. I know is that, isn't that the, I don't really like onions or cucumbers, so that's just really a terrible situation to me. Uh, passengers were asked to defecate in plastic bags and urinate in showers due to there being only five working toilets between forty two hundred people. And yeah, the apparently there was literally the sewage from this running down the walls. The poop cruise on this ship. The poop cruise. Yeah, so that's fun. That sounds like a really good time. Uh, there was also notably, I think you know this was in the news a lot. There was the Costa Concordia mm, in January yeah, I remember 2012, that well. which yes, was yes, the yes. one that ran aground in Italy. Yeah. Uh, just. Based on the um, captain just being, wasn't he showing off to to some passengers? Or was it? What I guess it's kind of customary with cruise ships like this to do kind of like a little drive-by where they wave to the locals and things like that. You know, we've all seen Titanic. They're waving. They're like, "Hey, cool! Look at my ship." Um, So he was trying to do that, but also I guess wasn't like super paying attention. He wasn't at the helm while it was happening. Uh, what one oh. passenger reported that he saw uh, the captain and a few others downing wine at dinner, but that has not been confirmed. Uh, but I have no trouble believing it based on this story. Yeah. Uh, and so he like, you know, calls up this guy on shore, and the guy's like, "Yeah, you know, just like wave, but don't come any closer. Um, you know, keep going." And he comes close anyway. He he eventually sees that oh shit, I'm about to hit a rock. And so he like is like dodge, dodge, dodge. Tells them the you know what to do, but doesn't look the other direction. And there's a rock on the other side too. So just smashes into mm. this rock, um, and they're you know fairly close to shore. They end up kind of like sort of doing this like hairpin turnaround uh, to try to basically 
get the boat to shore because he's like that's going to be safer than a like water but i seem to remember the guy bailed the, the guy left the ship exactly so you know they they're going back to shore all this kind of stuff uh for one he then calls in like you know you have to call in that something happened or whatever and they're like um are there injuries or anything like that and he's like nah, everything's fine um just send a tugboat one tugboat so all they bring out is a tugboat nothing else to rescue this they just think they're going out there for like a mildly incapacitated ship to like tow it to shore uh and then they get there and it is sinking uh and the captain claims that he fell into a lifeboat nice uh, which is like a very billy zane way of looking at this yeah and like one of the other crew members was like he was yelling at him in the lifeboat like get out of the boat get back on the boat get back on the boat and he just straight pieces out now mind you i don't necessarily believe in the whole captain goes down with the ship thing like i don't think like as a worker it's your job to just die when there's an accident gotta agree with that shit is his fault totally he did this and he's like bye (laughs) he gets off of this thing and just pieces out 32 people died in Uh, this uh accident and it was just an absolutely incredible disaster now 30 the numbers on that are absolutely appalling but Mm. this is not to me my worst cruise ship nightmare story my worst cruise ship nightmare story uh comes from let me make sure i have this right the carnival ecstasy in 2016 yeah uh in which and you can well once upon a time you could see video of this online fairly easily actually seems to be a little difficult to find now um you can see little clips of it it's truly horrifying this guy and his family go to like i think they were going to dinner and they walk over to the elevator and they said they heard what sounded like rushing water and then look at the elevator and there is blood pouring down the elevator doors. And I mean, this is, it almost, it's like cartoonish looking. It's like the brightest red blood. Having looked pouring. at it, it's, yeah, yeah. It, it, it looks fake. It looks, um, it looks fake. Yeah. It looks like the shining. <laughs> it looks like that piece from the it shining really with blood does. flowing down the corridors. In, in, yeah. Insane. And if you can find like the whole original video in it, you can feel them kind of going from like, hey, like what what's the deal with that? Um, to realizing, holy shit, I think that's blood. And like they like well, the guy starts yelling like this can't be right or something. like just like, no, this can't be right. Like what trying to process what they're seeing. Um, and so uh, I guess the chief electrician uh, named Jose Sandoval Opazo mm. uh, was doing routine maintenance atop an elevator, stopped on the sixth floor. When the elevator uh, started moving up toward the ninth floor and his body was compressed between the walls of the elevator shaft. Oh my God, I'm looking at this right now and it is fucked. It's, yeah, it's truly horrifying. And I guess what they found later on was that he had accidentally um, turned off like the safety mechanism that would normally shut down the elevator in that case. Uh, And, you know, they, so that's what they found later on was that you know they he had done i guess it's like you're attaching cables to something and that'll yeah 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 that yeah. like goes overrides the safety mechanism and he had 
done that accidentally crushed the, in there and the, the vision of the the vision that. of the video i was just checking out while you were while you were chatting there nothing yeah. particularly graphic um but this right. image this image of just bright scarlet red blood flowing down closed elevator doors is incredibly evocative wow it really is i mean it's it's something out of a horror movie it does mm. not look like real life when you actually see it um and yeah just absolutely i'm like that is Mm. that's it that's exactly what i think of when i think of cruise ships as i think yeah. of norovirus i think of poop cruise and i think of this guy's bright red blood flowing down this elevator and then the cruise ship just putting up a sign in front of the elevator that says like i'm out of order right now like <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Like, oh, it's just, it's so horrifying. On top of everything else going on in the ocean, the things we've made to this be is, able to float on it are This is traps. what happens when you insist on fucking right. squeezing yourself in where you don't belong. I mean, yeah. my interest is 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 what goes on down there where it's really fucking dark. Mm -hmm. That's that's my interest. Yeah. It's just yeah. horrific, cosmic things. I would, I would wrap up my feelings of unease around the ocean right you know no end of fucking horror can happen on the surface you know where we're still busy trying to technologically keep ourselves happy and buoyant and floating on the top <laughs> pretending like we're having a good time but my interest is way down there down 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 as deep as you can go because that's where some absolutely fucking insane stuff happens um yep. in uh in 2004 right check this out for fucking mind-blowingly crazy aquatic you know nonsense oh gosh. there was an okay. earthquake in the java trench right in uh, mm -hmm. 2004 which released enough energy to alter the fucking rotation of the earth and Stop. literally i'm serious it literally shortened our day by 2.7 <laughs> microseconds what and this isn't this That's isn't insane. It's ridiculous. I know. I know. Um, and it's it's not uh, an isolated incident either. Um, a, there was another earthquake. Um, again, in the in the in the in the zeros, shifted the Earth's axis by between ten and twenty five centimeters, shortening our day by another one point eight microseconds. Huge undersea tsunami events wow. can literally knock the fucking planet off its trajectory and uh, and fuck with our time. Bananas. There is nothing. I mean, and this is why I don't understand anyone who's not fascinated with the ocean because mm -hmm. everything about life on Earth, I feel, is consistently changed by it in yes. weird ways yes. like that. Like we We're challenged by it. Yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> the ocean has so much to do with everything else in the systems of mm. the world and you know beyond just like the deep dark and stuff that's so obviously scary mm. there's just a lot to you know and the fact that i mean when we talk about sea levels rising and stuff like that like the mm. ocean can end us mm. can oh. straight up casually end us. holy mm. shit man it's it's terrifying amazing, amazing we don't shit. really get to live in water world we just die yeah, I mean, we're, we're kind of borrowing it from the goblin sharks, really, aren't we? That's all we do. We really are. Yeah, we're just temporary renters on the goblin sharks, uh, you know, land. Real estate. And that's it. On its real estate. And, you know, we'll be gone in a minute and mm. they can have it back. 
So the ocean folks, great bunch of lads. <laughs> Full of horrors. <laughs> uh, what have you, let's see, this week we watched Mayhem together. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, do you want to? <laughs> this was my fault too. This it was one of those ones that it kept coming up on my my shutter and things like that. I kept seeing Stephen Ewan uh, in the image for it, so I was like, okay, I'm. Who is I'm very likable, by the way, right? Stephen, you know, Ewan. on whatever areas this movie came up short, Stephen Ewan was not one of them. He's yeah. perfectly likable yeah. and charismatic. Yeah, uh, he, he's given it his all. And mm. it has five skulls on Shutter, uh, so you know. Normally, I pay attention to the skulls on Shutter because I feel like everybody on there are yeah. like horror fans. Yeah, like you know, it gives me at least some sense of the fact that I think we're all on. Because you know, I've said. I mean, now I mostly use Letterboxd ratings for everything, but mm. in terms of like, like if you go to Rotten Tomatoes or IMDb or something like that on a horror movie, you can't trust the reviews because they're normies who don't watch this shit. Have you, you've never spoken about the Rotten Tomatoes paradox when it comes to horror yet on the cast, have you? Oh, <laughs> on here? Yeah, I mean... Yeah, no, I don't know. Let, me, or not. let me try and outline uh, Corrigan's theory of Rotten Tomatoes yeah, scores. Yeah, So is it for horror specifically? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the higher an RT rating on a horror movie, the more likely that film is to be shit. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, especially the critical reviews. Oh, I see. Okay, okay, okay. Because the audience reviews, that can go either way, but it's yeah. the critical reviews on a horror movie. Mm. If a horror movie has really high critical reviews, it's probably like, because artistically they feel like they should like it. I see. Uh, but it's not necessarily a good horror movie to a horror fan. Mm. You know, it probably doesn't have any of the conventions because critics see horror as like a... Uh, throwaway genre you know Dirty and so when they see something embarrassing yeah. genre yeah, yeah yeah so when they see something that works for them it's usually a like to them they're like oh Ooh. what a what an it's anomaly a, i would feel fine about admitting to liking this Meh. yeah exactly oh. which t- is usually to me a signal that it's gonna be something that is not hard maybe it's a good movie but it's not necessarily a good horror movie well to- mayhem was neither yeah mayhem <laughs> and this is my letterboxed like friends mm. in terms of this are like either I love this and one of my friends actually after I rated it on Letterboxd was like oh, tweeted that. at me it was like how did wait why yeah, yeah, did you yeah. hate this I loved it um it's like that's it's the two ends there's no one who's like this was fine it's either mm. like I love this movie or like the fuck uh the concept just, if you're interested yeah. it's the rage virus in an office block isn't it it's 28 days yeah. later meets I don't fucking know Ah, oh, what a hack description. 28 Days Later meets Office Space. Ha ha ha. But that is, that is what it is, really. That's, that's your film. I honestly thought there was too much plot to this movie. Mm. And that didn't work. So it's like the first 25 minutes of it is like complicated office politics with like very villainy, like, you know, it, like very, yeah. I don't know. It is a bit soapy with the office politics, isn't it? I I seem yeah. He he spends like eight minutes looking for his mug. I don't give a fuck about it. Right? Yeah, (laughs) you know, and it's just it feels like they were trying to push too much. So then it's also got like a moral of the story. It's also got a love interest. It's you know all of this kind. He gets very Ferris Bueller at the end of it. Like Mm. 
it just felt like they w- it was trying to do all of this when the like rage virus itself was not all that central to it. It's called mayhem. I was expecting this office to go yep. batshit. The very and least. people actually had control of themselves mm. pretty well. You know, it didn't really cause anybody to do anything. Like they could stop themselves from doing it if they wanted to, which maybe yep. was part of the plot because it was about like, can you use this as an excuse? You know, like this guy getting away with murder that they introduced in the beginning of it. Like, is it really an excuse or do no, you I'm, just use it? No, but I think you're attributing way more to it than it deserves. It's, yeah. It was It was just... It's it should filler. have been mayhem and it was not. Yes. Yeah. So, um, did not, so not only did was not it a poor work. film, it was also dishonest. It was duplicitous. It was dishonest. You know, yeah, and I would put up with a lot. PG-13 but... violence yeah. uh, in an R-rated movie. That seemed to get that R just from like showing a girl's boobs once in it. I absolutely love your take on accents in Ugh. movies, and again, I'm gonna try and I'm gonna try and elucidate. Do please stop yeah, me if I'm wrong. Do. I like I've... you. I like you trying to to explain my my concepts here. Let's see how well. No, I'm I, I I get a lot from our our interactions, Corrigan. I really do. And Good. Corrigan's theorem of accents in movies states that. If there's no real compelling narrative reason for the performer to be from the place where the film is set, then let them use their native accent, even if they aren't native to where the film is being shot. Exactly. That's People it. come from it, other places, don't they? Yeah. If, I, if, I'm in a, if I'm in a film set in an American workplace, I'm not American, and it doesn't matter to the film that I'm not American, then let me carry on talking like this. Yeah. And it feels like, I think part of the problem here is because we have created such archetypes for people Mm. that like like a British uh, accent is like one of two things. It's evil or gay in an American movie. It's aristocratic or it's evil, isn't it? Yeah, okay. Right, yeah. Like those are basically your options for it. So if you don't want your characters to be one of those things, then you can't have them have a British accent, can you? And so we've backed ourselves into a corner here where you can't just have an a, a character who happens to be British working in an office. It's so <laughs> jarring seeing actors, seeing performers that I fucking know full well are British. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, clumsily kind of chew the scenery on an accent and have yeah. it coming and going, you know, yeah. often at the that turn of a scene. Because the... <laughs> I was noticing, you know, the, the sort of evil black lady boss person or rival or whatever in it i don't know who she is i've never seen her before but i immediately was like oh she's english isn't she and so i like looked her up and sure enough she's from england (laughs) and you're like it she's doing an american accent but it slips and it's like why not like there's no compelling reason for her to be often from from our end of things we'll see brits you know in like high profile american tv shows or regular films doing a, a u.s accent we're like Oh wow, yeah, that's fantastic. What a great American accent. <laughs> but I guess it's a different story for you, is it? They also... Yeah, no, I don't I don't know if it always comes across that way. Some are really great at it, you know. Some right. I cannot tell. I remember seeing Get Out at the premiere and then afterwards walking up to Daniel Kaluuya to tell him he did a, a great job in it and he started talking and I was like, the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> what's happening right here and i was like i hate to be that person who like is like you're not the character you played but i couldn't help it i was like you're you're british <laughs> and he was like yeah i was like of course you are yeah naturally that's a thing i knew 
right before this particular moment. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, you know, um, some are great at it, but yeah, it, it doesn't work a lot of the time. And I just feel like why why don't we just get used to a, a global, you know, society instead? Great shout. Uh, and yes, if and if and when I write my screenplay with crayon, that will be one of my <laughs> guiding principles. Yeah, everyone gets to use their own accent. Mm hmm. I feel great about that. I also this week watched a bonkers documentary series on Netflix. I, you know, Netflix does like they turn out Netflix. I mean, Netflix, they turn out crime documentaries like just, you know, just constantly. And 99% of them are terrible. Like they're just sensationalist and like like that um, Cecil uh, Hotel one that came I out. I will never watch another ago. Netflix documentary after surviving death. I'm never watching another. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. I'm going to give them the satisfaction. <laughs> Okay, but this one is actually wild and worthwhile. Okay. Uh, it's like co-directed by um, Jared Hess, who directed Napoleon Dynamite, Nacho Libre, mm. um, and but and you know he's a Mormon. Um, I mean, I haven't kept up with his religion. Maybe he's an ex-Mormon now, but I think he's a Mormon. Um, and this documentary series is called Murder Among the Mormons, and it's about a bombing that happened in 1985 or a series of bombings that happened in 1985 uh, amongst these Mormon church members. Uh, and it circulates around the selling of documents um, about the Mormon faith, including one that's called like the Salamander Letter, which uh, asserts that Joseph, Smith, Joseph Smith's brother was led to the tablets by a white salamander as opposed to Joseph Smith himself being led to the tablets by the angel Moroni, which would be hugely damaging to the Mormon church if that came out. But both of those seem equally plausible. Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> Just as likely. But uh, the Mormon church uh, hears of this salamander letter and decides they need to cover it up so that people mm. don't have a crisis of faith. So they believe it's real and they decide to cover it up. And this becomes this huge thing, uh, and multiple people end up dying uh, as part of what happens here. When you find out who did it, he talks about it, and it is the most sociopathic thing I have ever seen in my entire life. He okay. does not pretend to a human emotion oh, the cool. whole time. And his talking about it, holy Hell. I mean, I was literally talking back to the TV like, what? No, no, okay. this is not this is not how people are. You cannot be this casual. You can like he genuinely seemed like he couldn't understand why someone would be upset about murdering someone like he just like it did not occur to him. OK. And the whole thing was like it was like going to your mailbox to, you know, check the mail every day. Like this is how he sort of regarded this situation mm. wild shit absolutely wild murder Three in parts murder murder among the mormons murder among yeah. the so you get like the first couple episodes you get real good weird church stuff which mm. i love if you're into yeah, yeah, yeah. cults and religions and weird stuff like that the first two episodes full of you just going like this is bizarre on its face and then that last episode you get to see the sociopath behind it. Good wreck. That sounds right up my yeah. street. I'll give that a crack. 
Um, so was that? That was Mayhem and Murder Among the Mormons. Murder Among the Mormons. Okay. Yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. Wonderful stuff. Wonderful. So that's what we've got for you this week, friends. So thanks for hanging out with us. We have had so much fun talking about yet another thing that scares us about being human. Mm. Look, <laughs> how once again, how beautiful is it that in the space of an hour and a half or whatever, we can have a conversation which takes us through the fucking, you know, billions of light years outside of our galaxy and thousands of kilometers underneath our feet just in one episode. Hmm. It's glorious. Every episode is a every fucking week, journey every of its Every week, own. I love it. Yep, same. <laughs> so we're having fun. We hope you're having fun. Keep on mm-hmm. talking to us. Join the mm-hmm. Facebook group. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. Check out the blog at jackofalldegraves.com where we will link to the things that we have talked about today. Mm-hmm. Um, and remember to enter our little contest so we can send you some fun swag and vote and come hang out with us on Discord. There's on lots Saturday. of stuff to post on on twitter and on our on our facebook this week i want to post that sound that sounds like the ocean yes, goes well, yes. oh, i want to do that <laughs> you need to like see i've it. heard it before but now that you've described it that way i'm like <laughs> what the fuck is that you i'm gonna put a goblin shark you need to see an elevator that bleeds the bleeding yeah. lift lots mm-hmm. of cool shit to show you this week yeah lots of stuff so check mm. it all out follow the yes. social media so that you get to see all of that uh and until next time hey stay spooky friends thanks everyone bye